Hi, with Julian on the brown note, trawling through all of the films I have yet to review and some albums that I have yet to review. Um, Jean-Francois Richet, I don't know that much about this French director, but he did do um, the remake of Assault on Precinct 13 17 years ago, and I don't know a single film he's done since. It's a review of the movie Plane, which is, I think, a streamer. Did all right at the box office, though, but I'm pretty sure it was um, intended to do a couple of weeks in the cinema uh, and then go into streaming. And it's um, Gerard Butler. So I'm a fan of Gerard. I know that there's been um, a lack of appreciation around his acting ability and the meathead, lunk-headed movies he's associated with, but I've actually enjoyed quite a lot of them. And I gave a stellar review to Greenland, the best meteor movie since Deep Impact. Um, he's back with Plane, and it's um, <laughs> it's a novel twist on the Plane in the Storm drama. So it's like they had options of various things they could do and just decided to do all of them at once. So Gerard Butler is a pilot who is bumped down from international routes. He's ex-military, of course. Um, it wouldn't be a very long film if he wasn't. Um, so he's learnt his trade in the military and he's gone on to flying planes between London and Paris. Had an altercation with a passenger, uh, which ended up in him choking out the passenger who was violent to everyone else. And then he's got bumped down to these small planes, small routes, no one wants them, low pay, all of that. And he's leaving Singapore on a flight to, I think, uh, L.A., somewhere in America, with stopovers and stuff like that. And it's on a plane that seats about 30 people. It is a jet, um, but there's only, I think, 14 passengers. And about he's talking to his daughter, it's New Year's Eve. He's going to, weird choice New Year's Eve, because it actually doesn't end up meaning anything at all in this film. There are odd bits of writing that are half-finished, the whole concept of New Year's Eve is presented at the start, but it's never really an element in the film. Um, I mean, they hand out champagne to the passengers, but they do that anyway. Made me laugh when one of the passengers got on and said they got an upgrade. I was like, it's like that. The plane's that big. How have you got an upgrade? But the important part is they, him and his co-pilot spot a storm. Uh, might be use on Anne. Uh, possibly him is um, his co-pilot and they spot this storm that they're going to fly through and the uh, big wigs from the airlines say actually you want to go around it, it's going to cost 10% on fuel and we're a low slung budget airline so go through it, we'll be fine the other crucial element is they bring on board um, a prisoner who's on his way back to America after being on the run for um, 15 years or something. Uh, Mike Randall Coulter, who's starred in a lot of TV films, uh, TV uh, series The Good Wife and Ringer and the Halo franchise. He was in Men in Black 3. He's recognisable and shows up in quite a few things. So he's brought on as somebody that has committed murder years ago and he's been, he's been found living in Bali 
and we later find out that he spent a decade in the French Foreign Legion. He was an 18-year-old who got into inferred gang violence and fled uh, and went to join the French Foreign Legion and eventually he's washed up in Bali and he's been he's been arrested. Um, which all of which would have made an interesting film too. So they take off, they hit the storm and it's um it's reasonably well done. Uh, I like the technical um, literacy of the film. They focus on a lot of the different aspects of flight control and how uh, different emergency scenarios that you go through that feel very authentic. And basically the, the storm mullers them, kills them, and um, they get hit by lightning. And the plane starts coming down, all quite well done, and the DEA, I guess, guy who's looking after the murderer is killed in the turbulence, along with one of the flight attendants. And Gerald Butler actually tries to ditch in the ocean because they lose all power, uh, lose their whatever the electronics, avionics, I remembered. Lose the avionics and they crash into what they think is going to be the ocean. Just at the last minute, they see an island and they manage to land on a road. Everyone's fine. His co-pilot then points out that they're on that very bottom tip of islands in the Philippines, between Indonesia and the Philippines, which have been notorious for Islamists and drug smugglers and uh, tourists getting beheaded. So far from being safe, they're actually in as bad danger as they were on the plane. And we find out that there is actually an Islamist cell on the island that has actually been making videos, beheading tourists and doing all of this. Um, and it's sort of vaguely inferred, in, involved. It's a lawless part of the world and Indonesia, uh, the Philippine government doesn't want anything to do with it. Massive clashes, all of this stuff. So they've survived the plane crash, which happens at the start, which is quite good. I like films that start big and um, it doesn't waste any time superfluous character building here. Um, one weird thing about it is it, it just doesn't use the characters. It kind of sets them up at such a baseline level and it, it picks like Coulter and um, Gerald Butler and a couple of the others and sticks with them the whole way through. Like we hear virtually nothing about the rest of the people. And I, and I said about the technical literacy of it. Once the plane goes down, we then go to the airport, uh, airline headquarters and they have like a crisis team come on that's a cool job and he sort of comes in and says you know this you're not going to rescue these people very quickly it's in a really dangerous spot and he gets mercenaries involved and we get this whole mercenary team that's flying out to find them and then we have the head of the island and it's not a small island i was looking it up jolo island and it's like the capital city's got half a million people in it and you wonder about these areas of the world that you can't really go to because they're so dangerous yet there's you know half a million people walking around every day living their normal lives and he's very much in control of everything that happens on the island learns about the plane crash so we then have this battle between gerald butler and mike coulter who both have military experience and the islamist leader on the island who kidnaps all of the passengers and the crew and um, takes them off to basically put them on a boat, fast boat out there and, and wash up months later with uh, ransom demands. 
Um, so we get, get this like movie long battle between the two and eventually the arrival of the mercenaries who pilot in and you know, drop out of planes and end up fighting alongside Jared Butler. So um, this is like a top tier B, B movie. It really is. Um, it's rare to get a, a, a decent plane crash, but to get the entire people that were on that plane back on the plane and forcing them to take off again, I thought it was particularly sadistic as someone that's terrified of flying. You've just got off this plane that's crashed. The only safe way out of here, because we're all going to be beheaded, is to get back on this plane. So you get... You get um, you get like this Islamist jungle battle and two plane crashes for your money, which I thought was great. And um, one, th one thing that's really annoying me is Danielle, Daniela Pineda. She is oh, so underused. I said in the uh, middle of the reboot of Jurassic Park, she was fantastic. She's gorgeous. She's got a really contemporary look about her with her like short hair and the glasses. And she was great. And then in the last one, um, was it Jurassic World Dominion or whatever the final one was, they give her a sentence to say on screen. I was like, did you not see her? And again here, she's great when she's allowed to actually be on screen, but they barely use any of the supporting cast. Um, and that's a flaw in the movie is that there's no development of anyone. But the plus is, is it really does aim for that 1980s um, action movie arena and it doesn't fatten it in any direction it's a really lean film you start when the plane's taking off you end when it ends there's not much in the way of of world building going on here i the one thing that i really wish is that they had the same budget as greenland because those um those flights would have been immeasurably helped by them being able to throw a lot of money at them uh, whereas in this case, it was it was very on the cusp of, in a way, Gerald Butler being relegated as a pilot to the lower airlines was kind of mirroring uh, his career tra trajectory. I think he's become a cult act for me. So he's he he inhabits this borderline Pedro Pascal masculinity, which is very useful in this kind of film. He doesn't overreg it. He's not annoying. His performances are now fine. Um, it's a long way on from 300, and he's a you know sympathetic and empathetic guy. Um, and I loved him in Greenland, and I thought he was really good here. And so was um, Mike Coulter. You don't get enough of the other people to really say that anyone else was great. Um, good action. Lots of good action. If you're a fan of the M82 uh, material assault weapon, uh, which is so powerful is used to shoot vehicles, <laughs> not just people. Um, there's some really good scenes there at, uh, on the runway. Um, lots of good action. Um, nothing's too offensive. It doesn't overrate the violence or anything like that. And I thought it was really exciting. Um, so if you want to sit down for a B-movie that harks back to the Van Damme era, but actually is made with a lot better quality in acting and directing and cinematography and everything like that with two plane crashes for your bucks. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good film, really good watch. It aimed at a target, hit it with a bullseye. Can't really complain about anything in it. So I'm going to give Plane an 8 out of 10.